The promise of America is being squandered. How are we going to restore our nation back to a sensible, citizen-centric government? Welcome to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. Joyce is a businesswoman, not a politician. And she's here to offer pragmatic, possible, and post-partisan solutions for the 21st century. Now, here's your host for Reimagine America, Joyce Cordy. Welcome to the Reimagine America Radio Hour. I'm a businesswoman, not a politician. I fix problems, I don't make them. Clients usually seek my help after something has gone terribly wrong. A new product launch has failed, a new organizational structure is failing, a new existing organizational structure is failing. There is a merger underway and operational consolidations will be painful. It's really nice in those situations to have an outsider to blame. A great deal of money is lost on a regular basis by a business. That might be a reason for them to say, we need your help. But you get my drift. The first thing I have to do in a project like that is to document the when, where, and how of what has happened. The executive working team has to agree on a common set of facts about what occurred, what is occurring, because until there's a common set of agreed to facts, no problem discovery or resolution can take place. If the 100-page report examining the Capitol attack issued jointly by the Senate Rules Committee and the Homeland Security Committee, if it were merely the pre-project due diligence to establish a basis of facts, a level-setting agreement, it would still be woefully incomplete. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell has suggested, with a straight face, mind you, the report is the necessary definitive report about what happened on January 6th. Forget about it. The report does point to a number of failure points in the preparation for the potential of a large demonstration in Washington on January 6th, but it fails completely, utterly, to address the origins of the assault, attack, insurrection, Take your pick of what you want to call it because the senators couldn't agree even on that fact. In summary, the report memorializes. It memorializes the deep political divide that exists in the current Senate. That divide is exuded from every page of the report. And the report concludes with suggested changes, changes in procedures, the only thing they could agree on. You know what? Procedures are what you do to codify the active reforms that you want to make after the root causes of a problem are identified, agreed to, and dealt with. Procedures are not a replacement for leadership, training, planning, equipment, rehearsal of a potential situation that lead to an effective execution, even if what you're going to execute is crowd control. So here's what the report does tell us. 
No, actually, on second thought, it doesn't really tell us anything. It merely confirms what anybody who's been paying even the slightest attention for the past several months already knows. What happened during the physical assault on the United States Capitol was the result of a failure of imagination, a failure to heed the specific and general threat warning circulating around government agencies who were discussing resourcing crowd control for, for expected large crowds of demonstrators on January 6th. The report demonstrates a failure to ask the most important question ever, what if? There was a failure to plan adequately for crowd control at the Capitol, despite warnings and obvious signs. There was no plan of action, none, no plan for the defense of the Capitol on the 6th, although an unusual permit for up to 3,000 demonstrators on the Capitol grounds had been granted. There was no coordination with the political leadership of the House or the Senate about the potential threat. Even that was because one, they didn't really recognize the threat. There was no formal request to the DC National Guard or from the DC National Guard to the Pentagon for capital protection, only for crowd and traffic control at the US mall made by the Washington Metropolitan Police. The Pentagon orders that covered that crowd and traffic control specifically prohibited the use of any protective equipment or any weapons for the guardsmen who were on that specific duty. Nobody made a request for potential mutual aid to either the Virginia or Maryland State Police. Supervisors at the Capitol were unable to organize the response to what actually was occurring because they had to actually get caught up in the hand-to-hand -hand combat inside and outside the Capitol. So there was no command and control structure at all. One of the things that stands out in the report is that there is insufficient routine crowd control training for the 1800 officers who make up the Capitol Police Force. In fact, most of the members of the force had received no crowd control training since their pre-employment police academy training for some of them as long ago as 15 years. Now they do have non-lethal munitions that can be used to deploy crowds, to hold crowds back. But they couldn't use them because there weren't sufficient trained officers who knew how to deploy these non-lethal munitions. It turns out that a, that a failure to store the protective equipment that they had purchased in a climate controlled environment rendered it utterly useless. At first contact, the shields just shattered. In addition to the fact, most of the equipment was not handed out to the patrol platoons on that day. No, it was put on a bus. And then when the riot began, nobody could find the keys to the bus. 
The report does clarify the slow, what we, what we have been told was the slow response of the Department of Defense when the request for mutual assistance finally did reach them. DOD did not think that a three hour response time from the first call at 140 something to the arrival of the first troops was slow, quote unquote, slow. And when you look at it from their priorities, which were force protection, they, they, their first concern, as it is in any other engagement, military engagement, is to protect the lives of the engaged troops. So they want to know, number two, what's the plan for what those troops are going to do at the Capitol? What is the exact mission? Okay. And then they wanted to determine with whom the guardsmen or the guard officers were going to coordinate their deployment. That seems quite reasonable. Further, in preparing a response to the request for mutual aid from the DC Guard, the Pentagon wanted to avoid at practically all costs an appearance of martial law. They were very sensitive to the fact that 10 former secretaries of defense, including the last one, Secretary Esper, had written a letter, a public letter, just 10 days earlier in response to um, some comments by outgoing President Trump. They wanted to be sensitive to a letter, public letter, warning against martial law amid all the stop the steal rhetoric crowding out the facts in our popular media. And after the very bad press the military had received during the Black Lives Matters protests in Washington the previous June, well, as detailed in the report, the military acted with the discipline we would expect of them. If their objective was to stay out of trouble, they succeeded. Both chambers of Congress had been cleared of insurrectionists by the time the guard units arrived at the Capitol. In summary, this report is the January 6th aftermath equivalent of thoughts and prayers after a mass shooting. The whys and the whos and the wherefores are simply not addressed. The root causes are ignored. Unless you want to assume that including the 22-page text of former President Trump's January 6th speech as an appendix to the report is a directional signal toward root causes. The report does not even ask the salient question why was the Capitol Police Chief, you know, Chief Sun, not at the Capitol on the 6th of January? Yep, he wasn't even in the building. He was several blocks away from the Capitol. As if there were no anticipation of riotous behavior at the Capitol. There's no explanation offered for such an and they don't even ask the question, why was the chief of police on such a perilous day 
not present in the Capitol, nor does the report attempt to explain why the Department of Justice nominally responsible for coordinating all crowd control and law enforcement for the several permitted demonstrations on January 6th, why did they fail completely, fail utterly, fail to even move to take responsibility for planning, coordination, execution, the, uh, the, the arrangement for mutual aid? None of it was done not a single solitary thing. And the report fails to ask why. What the report avoids screams out for an independent January 6th commission. The January 6th commission is less to assign blame or culpability. It's not or should not be intended to embarrass members of Congress who may have wittingly or not been participants. It's to understand what really happened, to get at the root causes of this insurrection, attack, demonstration, riot, you, you choose your own word. You need a commission, you need the root causes in order to make recommendations to eliminate what those root causes are, or at a minimum, to be better prepared to address such threats in the future. And while the immediate likelihood of a commission is slim, it's actually none, the report does scream out for action now. The Capitol Police must have new leadership, all new leadership. Leadership with an action-oriented mindset. Leadership that is respected by the rank and file officers who sacrifice themselves to protect the physical and political citadel of American democracy. Leadership who insist on the level of staffing that is required to allow for regular training and retraining and cross-training of all Capitol officers for all eventualities. Because training, not books of procedures, which we in my line of work call shelfware, okay? Training is what the force will rely on in moments of crisis. If you want to know why the military put so much focus on training, it's because in live fire, you need to rely on the guy next to you and your training, what you, what, what the muscle memory that helps you to respond in a moment of crisis. Leadership that believes as much as the officers do that it is their responsibility to protect the citadel of American democracy. Leadership willing to be accused of over-preparing when the next riot does not materialize. That's called deterrence. But most of all, the report's omissions scream out for new members in the Senate of the United States. The report is absolutely electric with fear, fear of the truth, fear of voters hearing the truth. Because if voters hear the truth about the big lie and sort reality from fantasy, they will judge their senators differently. They will judge their senators based on their accomplishments. How did you vote on an infrastructure bill? 
that will provide affordable broadband to my farm? And if you didn't vote for it, why not? And if you take nothing else away from this podcast, it is that the report on January 6th, like everything else in Congress these days, is all about deceit and defeat in the pursuit of power, power for its own sake, not for yours. 2022 must be a year of choosing. Deceit and defeatism are not the weapons Americans need to win the battle for a second American century. All of us must risk believing in the truth and in each other. Once again, we must believe as Americans, as citizens, voters, workers, explorers, that nothing is beyond us except the bonds we put on our own hands and our own hearts. North, South, East, or West, 2022 must be a year of choosing in Congress, in the State House, in the legislature, on the Board of Supervisors, at the mayor's race, everywhere in our government. Thanks for listening to Reimagine America with Joyce Cordy. You can learn more at reimagineamerica.org. Got a comment or an idea for a future show? Email Joyce at reimagineamerica.org or find her on Twitter at Joyce Cordy or at Reimagine Radio. Take a minute now and go to reimagineamerica.org. Join the forum. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you love the podcast, donate and tell others. You can invite Joyce to speak at your next meeting or conference through reimagineamerica.org. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at ricochet.com or c-sweetnetwork.com. That's c-sweetnetwork.com. Together, we really can reimagine America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.